Hola, Creepos. It's time for another edition of the World's Worst Contest. It's the Creep Off, a show about creeps, by creeps, for creeps. Ah, it's catching on. I it like is. It. it. You know, you, you pitched it to me, yep. and it took me a while to decide that that was the right sign-on. Yes. I feel good about it. I do, too. Thanks, buddy. No problem. So welcome to the Creep Off. My name is Vinny Paulino. I am your humblish host, and joining me in the other room is Hot Carla. What is happening, Vinny Paulino? How you doing, buddy? What exciting things are happening today, Carl? Well, I think uh, I'm down four to one currently, and we put the vote back on the website. We did. So we thought there might be some shenanigans involved, and uh, the numbers that you guys see might not be the numbers that we're going to be talking about because we're actually looking at things behind the scenes and uh, that fixing is correct. the numbers to be actual votes from actual people. Because we have a way to see where everybody voted from, and we also could look at the patterns. Yeah. There's ways to figure out what's real, what's legit, and what isn't. So today, yes. our tally that Carl I'm, and I have both agreed on. I'm coming back, baby. Vinny, what? 100 votes. Uh-huh. Carl, 87 oh. votes. Oh. Spin that wheel. Spin yeah. that wheel. Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel, you fuck with your backwards hat. So it is uh, wheel spinning time for me today, huh? It is wheel spinning time right. for you. At the end of the show, we'll pull out the wheel. We'll spin it live on the show. <laughs> and remember the rule. Oh, Vinny. Remember the rule that we have. Yeah, don't you forget the rule that we have. How's the, that? The rule is I have the right of first refusal if it lands on something I really don't want to do. But then I have to do whatever Vinny tells me to do. Correct. That is the rule. So, Boy, I got to be honest with you. you I know, feel like you're going to Tom Meyer's restaurant. That's the I one was, that you bitched about the most. I was just going to ask you, do you know what you're going to pick if I say no? To Tom Meyer's restaurant. Dude, Absolutely. It's, in, it's you're in Baltimore, and it's not going to make for any good fodder for the show. It's uh, 12 hours there and back, same as I did on a pod, on a uh, live stream. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Th- I, don't, I don't understand how that's going to be fun for anybody. I got the enchiladas. They were great. All right, moving on. Carl, you're going to have to take a camera, and you're going to have to like live stream while you're sitting there eating. You're going to have to uh, talk to the viewers and the listeners. You're well, going to have to interact. The wheel. None of that's on the wheel. You're going to have to become a man of the people, like your boy Vinny over here, the people's champion, uh, and the champion of round three of the creep-off. That's me, baby. Oh, my gosh. So Two-time, two-time creep-off champion. Congratulations, Vinny. You, you blew me out in this round. I have to do better. I have to try harder and do better is my takeaway from this. I'm happy that we can work this out, that we were able to work out the voting today, and I'm happy that you were a man of your word. You are going to be spinning the wheel, and I could not be more delighted. So we've been doing themes for our creeps over recent weeks and months, and uh, why don't we have a theme this week, Vinny? What happened? I'm a dum-dum. Yep. I forgot to put it on the Twitter. He sent me the three categories people would vote on i said great looks good let's do it and then days later forgot to put it up never put it up no you want to just pick one so i said let's go back to the old potpourri potpourri which is a fun category it is because there's no rules here we could vote or uh, submit anybody that we want to throughout history it could have happened yesterday could have happened 100 years ago either way we're gonna have fun with the creepiest people we could find for this episode you ready to get started i guess you're gonna go first then Yeah, ready? Okay. There's the bell. Let's do it. All right. My creep this week 
is known as one of the most infamous individuals in American history, Carl. Okay. He had many nicknames, and uh, I'm going to let this uh, creepy British guy tell you them. He was also known as the Grey Man, the Werewolf of Wisteria, the Brooklyn Vampire, the Moon Maniac, and the Boogeyman. Well, I'll leave it right second. there. I have a problem with this already. He was Why? a werewolf and a vampire. I thought the Did you see Underworld? Fought... Didn't you see those Underworld movies? It can happen. Werewolves fight the vampires, I'm pretty sure. You can't be both. And then the last one was Boogeyman. Like, all right, I think you should start a Boogeyman and work your way out, but okay. Well, I'm going to say this. I didn't write that script, I guess is what I'm trying to say. All of those nicknames pale in comparison to what this motherfucker actually was. My creep this week is the infamous Albert Fish. All right. Are you familiar with him at all, Carl? I'm not, Vinny. I have true crime is not my thing. Well, I mean, of course. I love this stuff. This is fascinating. <laughs> Why are you on a I true love, crime podcast? I love hosting a true crime podcast with you, Vinny. It's great. I had to go back and research this motherfucker, and I still feel dirty. Okay. So I'm trying to do Why the, are you grinning ear to ear then? <laughs> you love this Because you're going to spin the wheel. I uh, know. That is exciting. <laughs> is the 12-hour live stream still on there? No. I switched it with a Cuties Marathon. Oh, Cuties Marathon! <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail you. Let's keep going. We're going into history with this guy. He was born in 1870. Okay. He was abandoned by his parents because they were unemployed losers. And he was put into a orphanage where he was exposed to regular beatings and sadistic acts of brutality. Well, this is all reported on 150 years later. We don't know. If oh, sure, true. sure. This he's very well documented, Carl. Oh, I'm I'm sure he is. I'm I'm just saying fake news. That's okay, <laughs> okay. He said later that while he was in that orphanage is where he first got into sadomasochism because he used to look forward to the abuse because it brought him a lot of pleasure. Let's see that dick. Like four years later, his parents came and got him out of the orphanage. He went and lived with his mom, right? And uh, he was a little kid who liked to get beat. He ended up finding one other weird friend, and this friend introduced him to a lifelong passion of his, and that lifelong passion was eating shit and drinking pee. Oh, my. They were just two little boys. One really liked to get fucking beat up, and the other one liked to eat shit and piss and they were just bffs back in the day okay what age are we talking about at this point we're he teenagers? was uh, no we're talking like under 10 okay as he got older he made money working as a male prostitute he started to molest boys he would lure children from their homes. <laughs> wait a second that's an option you can be a male prostitute yeah he made money working as a prostitute and started to molest boys he lured children from their homes tortured them in various ways his favorite way of torturing a child was using a paddle laced with sharp nails and uh, he would rape them. As time went on, his sexual fantasies with children grew more fiendish and bizarre. This is him all under the age of 20. Okay. He lived in 23 different states, Carl. Okay. He worked as a painter, and he specifically took jobs close to children, the mentally handicapped, and African Americans, because he said, according to him, their children were not missed as much when they disappeared. Hmm. So he's also a racist. Great. Correct. Correct. So we've got piss shit eater. Sadomasochist, well, that was, I thought that was his buddy. racist. His buddy was the piss. No, he, he introduced him to it. He loved uh, it, too. He became a big fan. Okay, all right. And in spite of all of these things, being a child rapist and a molester, he got married in 1898 and had six kids. Holy shit, all right. He had six children with his wife, and they lived a rather normal life until 1917 when his wife ran off with another guy. Hard to believe she could find a dreamboat that was uh, more attractive than Albert. Yeah. I digress. At that time, things started getting weird for his kids because he started making them play sadomasochistic games with him. Like, uh, he used to have them paddle him 
with the spiked paddle till he bled. Well, remember, this is before Monopoly was invented or sure, Clue. Sure, sure. There a weren't game. as many games to play back then. Here's a game he used to play. He used to like to stick cotton uh, in his asshole and have his kids set it on fire. <laughs> oh, that's a fun game. Yes. That's like jackass type shit. Right. That's pretty cool. Right. Well, how about this one? Steve-O's like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Hey, has Steve-O ever done this? Has Steve-O ever stuck a rose into his dick hole? I think so. I think that's um, Jackass 3. Yeah, the 3D one. Yeah, the 3D yeah, one. Yeah, well, Albert Fish is the originator of sticking <laughs> a rose in his own fucking dick hole, Carl. Wow. For fun. You got to stretch that shit out for a bit, I, I would imagine. Like you would it imagine. just go right in there. No, not at all. And the thorns. Oh, God, the thorns. Then he would pull it out and eat it. Did I mention he would eat it after he would eat the rose? Allegedly. I mean, it could be fake news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's reporting on this. Well, here's a one fact that we do know about him. When he was ended up being arrested, yeah. uh, here's just a little uh, thing that they discovered. When he was arrested, over two dozen needles were found in Fisher's pelvis and perineum and were all self-embedded. Yeah, that's right. He used to like to stick needles in his own dick for fun. Okay. So uh, when he was arrested, there were over two dozen needles like in his nuts and in his fucking uh, taint. I have a friend who got his... Um penis pierce what's that called uh prince albert i believe yeah the prince albert i mean this isn't uncommon some people just like to shove things into their genitalia i, I yeah. don't know you ever well, see a pierced nipple on a chick it's kind of a turn on now here's my thing if people are into sadomasochism they're into sadomasochism it's their body i don't give a fuck what you do then why are we talking about it because it gets worse oh, okay in 1919 <laughs> fish stabbed an intellectually disabled boy in georgetown uh he chose people that were like i said mentally handicapped or african-american he would he murdered mutilated the bodies of children carl <laughs> with what he called his implements of hell <laughs> he had a meat cleaver uh, a butcher knife and a small hand saw that's <laughs> Those were his little tools. Now, funny story, in 1930, he had a run-in with the cops. He got remarried to a woman named Estella Wilcox. They got divorced after one week. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, this marriage was meant to last. And, and in the 30s, I feel like marriages lasted longer than that on average, right? Well, it ended because he had another weird little habit that he used to do. He used to love to read the classifieds in the newspaper, uh -huh. and then he would send people obscene letters. Oh, that's kind of fun. Right? Like, you I know, would do that. Yeah, like, it would just be, to this day, it's like going on Craigslist and fucking with people. Yeah, right. But, you know, there's also no paper trail at this point because you put a letter in an envelope, whatever. So he got arrested, like, a week after getting married for sending an obscene letter to a woman who was looking for a maid. So he's just not a normal dude. You can get arrested for sending an obscene letter? In 1930, you can, and they sent him to Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital for observation. Wow, what a werewolf. Ooh, ooh the, the Brooklyn vampire. Watch out, he's sending out letters. Mm. <laughs> Look out, watch out for this guy. Okay. He's going to write some saucy language into a letter and send it to you when you're just looking for a maid service. Uh-oh. Well, this guy's naughty. In May, May 25th, 1928, Fish saw a classified advertisement in the Sunday edition of the New York World. It read, young man, 18, wishes position in country. Edward Budd was a 18-year-old kid who wanted a job. Fish was 58 years old. He went to the Budd's family. They put their address in the classified. He went over to the house under the pretense of hiring Edward. He later confessed that he planned to tie up Edward, mutilate him, and leave him to bleed to death. Fish introduced himself as Frank Howard, a farmer from Farmingdale, New York. He promised to hire Bud and his friend Willie, and he said he would send for them in a few days. But he didn't show up. He then sent a telegram saying, apologizing 
and he came back a few days later. When he came back, he met Edward's younger sister, Grace, and he changed his mind as to who his victim was. Oh, okay. I guess uh, Grace didn't make a good first impression, huh? No, 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 no. He did not. He met the parents, and that very same day, he said, you know, I have to attend my niece's birthday party over here. Grace might really enjoy going with us. Can I take Grace to my niece's birthday party? And the parents said, sure, you're going to hire our other son? Yeah, absolutely. You could take our 10-year-old daughter oh, with you. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, these yeah, are, yeah. These are parents of the year. Smart move. Now, they never saw Grace again, obviously. <laughs> but in 1934, an anonymous letter was sent to Grace's parents, which ultimately led the police to, to Mr. Fish. Mrs. Budd was illiterate and could not read the letter herself, so she had her other son read it to her. Here is the letter. <laughs> These uh, are the types of details that you throw in. I'm just like, who gives a shit? Okay. Well, here's the. Who <laughs> cares? You read it to I her. just want you to imagine that this woman <laughs> couldn't read it herself. She had to get somebody to read this to her. Okay. And now you're going to have it read to you. Here All you right, go. Let's hear it. I called on you at 406 West 15th Street. Bought you pot cheese, strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her, on the pretense of taking her to a party. You said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wild flowers. I went upstairs and stripped all of my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in the closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to Sounds run like downstairs. I grabbed her <laughs> and she said she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite and scratch. I choked her to death, cut her up in small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook it and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though I could have had I wished. She died of so, virgin. Six virgin years later. Way to end that letter. Six years later, without was she hearing from that your she daughter. Lost her virginity when she was dead. I would hope that she would die a virgin. It's a weird brag, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird brag. I totally could have fucked her. Well, yeah. I just ate her body instead body. over nine days. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This motherfucker ate this child, Carl. And it wasn't the only kid that he ate. Okay. There's probably there's five other children that are accounted for. The reason I'm playing just this one, we could sit here and play clips of this stuff all day. Well, at least it's not a tickle fight. At least you brought a cannibal this time. I did. I'll I brought credit for that. a child cannibal. All right. Now, he did this like five other kids. It's pretty fucked up. One kid was a little boy. And... Uh, that story is really sick because he sent the he basically sent the parrots the recipe that he used to cook him. Which is the tastier gender? Do we have an answer on this? I actually do, Carl. Okay, good. His little monkey was sweet as a nut, but his peewee I could not chew. I threw them in the toilet. Yeah, so apparently girls taste better than boys. That's what I was going to guess. Yeah. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. So he chopped off a little boy's peewee. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Where's Kevin Ricardo when we need him? <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? So, yeah. Pretty fucked up, Carl. My guy, Albert Fish. So he gets caught because of that letter that he sent to Grace Bud's parent. 
through a good detective work, they caught this motherfucker. And mm -hmm. when he went to prison, when he got arrested, he admitted it. But he blamed all of the victims in court. He said that God told him to do this because they were all going to grow up to be whores. Oh, okay. He was a whore. I love when, when God tells people to do things. Yeah. It's, a, it's always my favorite cop out for anything that you do. When he was in custody, he regaled his attorney with stories of sexual assault, torture, and cannibalism. At his trial, the... <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. How did I lose that clip? <laughs> Several psychiatrists testified on Fish's sexual fetishes, such as, but in no way limited to, sadism, masochism, cannibalism, cunnilingus, fellatio, anilingus, flagellation, voyeurism, exhibitionism, picurism, urophilia, coprophagia, infibulation, and paedophilia. In his summation, Fish's defense attorney, James Dempsey, Noted fish was a psychiatric phenomenon, and no legal nor medical records was there another individual with so many sexual abnormalities. So, he's a pretty fucked up person. They said that there has never been anyone who was ever in the court system that was as depraved as this guy. Now, they had a thing about not executing the mentally insane. Mm -hmm. Judge waved it this time. Oh, judge was like, uh, the judge said, uh, we agree that he was outside the bounds of sanity, but he needed to be executed anyway. I think that should always be the case. Like, who yeah. cares why they're a sadistic murderer? Just yeah, let's get them off the planet. I'm with you. So Fish apparently agreed, uh, and he told the judge that it would be a supreme thrill to die in the electric chair. It's the only thrill I haven't tried yet. Yeah. All right. Has he heard about crystal meth? No. No, <laughs> I don't think it was around then. Okay. So he died in the electric chair in 1936, and his last words were, I don't even know why I'm here. And there is a chilling photograph of him being strapped into the electric chair. Oh, you got I'm going to pull me? it up for you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I want you to see what this fucking weirdo Let's looks like. see this like. werewolf vampire. Oh, dude. They called him the gray man because he was just this old fucking guy. Like, yeah. he was in his 50s when he was doing this Ooh, shit. so old. Gross. Yeah, I know. You don't like gross old people. That's that's a guy in his fifties. Yeah, dude. Jesus Christ! Considering John looks like he, he takes better care of himself. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's he died in the electric chair. So I would like to play for you a uh, my summation clip today uh, from our friend Norm McDonald, who after hearing the story of Albert Fish, this is what he had to say. Finally, someone funny on this show. I know, right? Had to bring in a real comedian. Yeah. Fish was finally arrested, and he immediately began confessing to killing seven. Hundred children. Get out of here. Yes, and he was he was dizzyingly happy about it. Smiled as he described the grisly details of the tortures and the murders, appearing to the detectives. And one of the detectives said he appeared as the devil himself. I mean, uh, this Albert. The, I mean, this guy was a real jerk. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I knew it. This guy was a real I, jerk. I knew he'd go for something like yeah, that. Yeah. So there you go, Albert Fish. That's my creep this week. All right, that's a great creep, Vinny. My creep this week is possibly mother of the year. You might know who this is. She's been in the news lately. Lori Vallow. Are you familiar with Lori Vallow? I am. Lori Vallow is a mother of two. Uh, Tylee, 16-year-old daughter, and JJ, the 7-year-old autistic son. Now, what happened with Lori is she left her husband, Charles, and started hanging out with this guy, named Chad Daybell. And let me explain to you what Chad Daybell is up to. 
Daybell was a former gravedigger turned novelist and podcaster from Rexburg, Idaho, who some say was something of a local cult leader, says Morgan. He tapped into this prepper element out there, people who wanted to prepare for Armageddon. So this guy was writing books about how he's able to see into the future and see the other side. He started a little bit of a cult. Interesting that they mentioned podcaster in there. I like that that's one of the descriptions of this guy. Watch out for this guy. He's a podcaster. Uh-oh. Wow. Um, so, yeah, he, he believed in some uh, some crazy shit. And uh, he, he and Lori became uh, best buds. He reportedly believed he had numerous past lives and could talk to angels. My two near-death experiences. He also claimed he could read light and dark auras. Chad had this belief that some people who were on this earth weren't really the people they were supposed to be. They were zombies. Their souls had left them, and evilness took over their bodies. So Chad had this theory that he could determine there were certain people on earth that weren't actually people. Their souls were gone, and they were just zombies. And this woman, Lori, mother of two, is really interested in what this guy has to say and so she becomes a co-host on their podcast. Yay! Lori started doing podcasts with Chad and began telling people she was a supernatural being appointed by God to lead the 144,000 chosen into the millennium. She also believed she had been appointed another, more ominous role, says April. Part of her mission on Earth was to eliminate the darkness, the demonic, the evil. Good. We need more people like that, don't you think? Yeah, we need more religious nuts on this planet. We need more people to get rid of all these evil people. Well, one of the targets turned out to be her ex-husband, Charles. And she let Charles know that uh, she was probably going to take care of it. So Charles was smart enough because he's getting threats from this woman who now thinks that she is leading these 144,000 people into the next life. She's a prayer warrior. That, yes, that um, he should probably change his life insurance. So he takes it from her name to his sister's name because he doesn't want to get killed. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough. Within an hour of entering the house that morning, Charles was lying on the floor in a pool of blood shot in the chest by Alex Cox. 911, where is your emergency? So this brings into this other character, Alex Cox, who happens to be Lori's brother. Okay. Now, Lori's brother said he went uh, into the home and that this guy was threatening him with a baseball bat and he shot him in self-defense. Lori and Tylee um, are questioned by the police and they corroborate on the story that it was all self-defense and therefore there was no wrongdoing. So everybody backed him up. Everyone backed him up and these people then moved uh, closer to Chad Daybell. They all moved to uh, Idaho. So... The, the mom and the kids, as well as the brother, moved into a townhouse complex in Idaho so that they could be closer to Chad Daybell, the podcaster and, and gravedigger. Um, all right, so as you know, they're concerned about these soulless zombies. Now, you do not want to hear from Lori that she considers you to be a zombie. It's not a good thing. We know that in the spring of 2019, Lori started referring to Tylee as a zombie to at least one of her close friends. One of those close friends was April Raymond. 
and she had described Tylee as having a dark spirit. Uh-oh. Well, it sounds like her 16-year-old daughter's got to go because she's a zombie and has a dark spirit. So, lo and behold, in September of 2019, uh, Tylee came home from, uh, from school one day, and no one ever heard from her again. Apparently, according to, they were able to get Alex's uh, phone, and they could track where Alex had gone. They found out that uh, or somewhere around 3 a.m., he went over to Tylee's place, was there for a couple hours, and then at 9 a.m., went over to Chad Daybell's place. Chad Daybell, the gravedigger, just happens to have a pet cemetery in his backyard. So Where else are you going to put your dead pets? Of course. So for a couple Not hours. Not everybody has a garbage disposal, Carl. For a couple hours, Alex was over there and uh, disposed of the body that was Tylee. But nobody knows this, of course. They totally got away with it. Wow. Now, you still got JJ. Yeah. You know, you still got the, the younger son, the autistic seven-year-old in the house. So hopefully he's going to be all right. Um, all right. So apparently they were doing a podcast in the living room, mm-hmm. right? This uh, this Chad and Lori. And the next day, they JJ was nowhere to be found. And people were asking what was going on with JJ. But the little boy was nowhere to be seen the next morning. What did she tell Lori you explained why. She said that he was uh, being a zombie and climbed up on the cabinets, climbed up on top of the fridge, smashed her picture of Christ down, and then climbed up onto the upper cabinets and got between the top of the cabinet and the ceiling. Not my priceless picture of Christ! (laughs) I asked to see him, and she just said that he was out of control, so she had Alex come and get him. All right, so now JJ's being a zombie. That can't be a good sign for him. He broke her picture of Christ, Carl. It is a queer sign <sighs> that the devil is in the boy. Yes, the soul has definitely left this child. So, of course, um, this is a couple of weeks after the daughter is buried, the son is buried. Uh, spoiler, about a year later, they did find the body, and this is how they found the body. The child was covered head to toe in duct tape. Mm-hmm. He had duct tape continuously wrapped from elbow all the way around his arms, over his hands, all the way to his right elbow. Now, why would you wrap a child in duct tape? If they're out of control, zombies, Carl. Well, I think the answer is this. Why do you bind somebody's feet and hands and mouth in duct tape? You do it to keep them from yelling or talking The way they found that body leads you to believe that J.J. was still alive because you don't go through all that trouble to somebody who's already dead. They buried a seven-year-old autistic kid alive in order to kill him. It's pretty rough. (laughs) Yeah, but did they cook him? What happened to uh, Tylee, I wonder? Because of the condition of, of Tylee's remains, it's hard to tell what happened to her. The only thing we we can know for sure is that at one point, whoever did this dismembered her body and burned it. Okay. So these people are a lot of fun. Now, now, here's the thing, though. Like, when you think about this, they must have really believed this zombie shit because, like, the only logical thing that I can think of is they tied the kid up and buried him. Like, if he's a zombie, it doesn't matter anyway. You think they really believed this shit? I, I almost do, pal, because, listen, man, I grew up 
with really, really crazy religious people. Yeah. And they believe it all, man. I've seen people try to cast the devil out of other people. Okay? They believe it. Yeah, but they're intense people who aren't having as much fun as these two people. Now, let's get to the fun Solid part. Point. Let's okay. get to the fun part of the story. Kids are missing, and, and nobody knows this yet. All right? So, Lori and Chad are just going about their lives, and they're doing their podcast, and they're hanging out. And then uh, this happens. Now. Oh, did I, did I mention that um, Tammy is uh, Chad's wife? So, Chad's a married man. Right. And right. he was having an affair. Well, I don't know if he was having an affair or not, but uh, this might help explain it. Now, the cold glare of death would shift focus to Chad Daybell's family. Roughly one month after JJ's death, Chad's 49-year-old wife, Tammy Daybell, died mysteriously in her sleep. Two and a half weeks later, the widower and the merry widow wed in Hawaii. So... The two kids are gone. Nobody knows that. Yeah. Now this guy's wife dies in her sleep. She's like 50 years old. And the next thing that happens, two and a half weeks later, they get married. They go to Hawaii for their honeymoon. How are they doing on downloads for that show? Were they Dude, getting a lot of listeners? I want to listen to this show so bad I couldn't find it. Because if you Google podcasts with either of these people's names, it's just a billion stupid true crime podcasts talking about this story. Right. What you got to look doing up is- Doing a better job um, than I'm doing. What you got to look up is like Daybell Exhibit A is what I think you're <laughs> right, yes. Google. I know. Because I would listen to this podcast if I could find it. These people are nuts. Dude, that would be a great WATP bonus That episode. would be fun. That would be a good you one. Call so me for that one. I'll keep looking for it. If anybody knows where it is, let me know. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Did they really think that there were zombies out there? Do they really believe their own Because there's bullshit? religious people out there that really believe their own brand of sure. shit, man. Sure, I think some. I think some do. I think most, like cult leaders, don't. The leaders of these things always know that it's all bullshit. So this guy knows. And the reason why I know that is because what's fucked up about that is they all believe the leaders all believe they're doing the right thing. Mm, I don't know. This guy thinks that this shit is real, even though it's not like real, real. But he thinks it's going to make people's lives better. That's why he does it. There's no way he does it for him. Because that's why he's got a podcast and he writes books. And he's Are just, you saying you don't think he's altruistic in his intentions? I don't think he's altruistic in his intentions, Vinny. All right. Because after the wife is gone and the kids are gone, now they're able to be together. They go to Hawaii. There's all of these pictures of them with ukuleles, and they're just all happy and having fun. Yeah, because there's no zombie children running around right. shit. Right. They got rid of all the zombie children, so they don't have a care in their world. And it wasn't until, and this is unbelievable to me, this is Idaho... In 2019, this is last year, nobody even knew these kids were missing until finally the grandmother of JJ went to the police. Where's the quiet one? Where did the quiet one go? Right. They're like, finally, they heard enough excuses. They haven't seen this kid in, in a long time. So the police show up over at um, Lori's house, and they ask what's going on with that. And now... Lori says that, oh, JJ, he's just staying with my friend Melanie down in, in Arizona. They're like, okay, can we call Melanie and figure out what's going on? So they do, and she's not responding. So the police go back over to Lori's. I always love when people get into really fine details with their bullshit stories. Like, how are you going to continue to do this forever? But this was her explanation as to why Melanie wasn't getting back to the police officer. When the police returned to Lori's home, she embellished her story even more. They were going to Frozen 2 today, so they may be at the movies. Could you get a hold of her at some point and say, can you please call back the 
officer that's been trained to call you. Okay, sure. Cause yeah, because I think they are at the movies right now. <laughs> she can't produce the whereabouts of her seven-year-old autistic child. And her excuse is, I think they went to go see Frozen 2. Yeah. That's not going to buy you a lot of time. Well, when they get done with Frozen 2, could you have her call me, please? Oh, yeah. You know what? They might be going to a go-kart track after that. It's a really busy day. I don't I know. I think her friend Stephanie's having a birthday that they were going to go to. Yes, right. <laughs> wow. So that's what I love about these people who are really, they're always going to get caught. Because they're so dumb. They don't have any plan in place. Like, how did she not have a plan in place? You just wrapped your kid up in duct tape and buried him alive. You didn't think, like, someone's going to wonder where this kid is at some point. And it took until November until they did. No, I'm convinced they believe that this was the right thing to do. The craziest part about it, Vinny, is there's a 16-year-old daughter who went missing two weeks before JJ. There was nobody worried about that. Melanie handed that secret recording to authorities and investigators launched a nationwide search, but not just for JJ. It was then that they realized his sister Tylee was also missing. This is a man's world. It, it took, it <laughs> the took little them. boy is missing. So Melanie records a conversation she has with Lori, hands it over to the police. The police are now like, oh shit, JJ is definitely missing. And then they're like, has anyone seen his sister? Wait, what's her name? Uh, I mean, this girl has friends and shit. How is that possible that nobody reported this girl was Apparently missing? she didn't. I mean, she's not in school. Anyway, I just thought that was hilarious. So now it's w- well-known news. There's billboards up. Everyone's looking for these children. There's missing children. And they're Lori's children. And guess what Lori decides to do? The only two people who didn't seem concerned were Lori and Chad. Instead of helping search, they skipped off to another vacation back in Hawaii. They're back in Hawaii again. Of course they're not concerned. They duct taped him before they buried him. He's not getting out. (laughs) They went back to Hawaii, and of course, reporters are trying to track them down as they're just hanging out on their vacation. Can you tell me where your kids are? There's people around the country praying for your children, praying for you guys. Why don't you give us answers? That's great. That's great. It's not a good look. It's not a good look if your kids are missing and you don't give a fuck and you're out with your new husband going on vacations all the time and living it up. They're fine. They're in the holes we left them in. Right. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. We know exactly where they are. They're not going anywhere. They're exactly where we left them. (laughs) You motherfucker. So finally, this woman is given an order to produce the kids within five days. Like, all right, you got five fucking days to figure out where these kids are. You're not the boss of me. She was formally served in order to produce Tylee and JJ within five days. She ignored it and was arrested on the island of Kauai on child abandonment charges. Chad showed his support in the courtroom as Lori was extradited to Rexburg, Idaho. All right, so finally this woman is arrested and she's got to face her day in court. Now what's interesting is that in this time that it took for them to get arrested and then for them to finally find where the bodies were because if you can't produce a body there is no crime correct so they finally find the bodies and obviously alex cox his cell phone is what led them to uh uh, chad's place and what figured out where the bodies were and how they were able to dig them up and find them and luckily Alex has also passed away. But what about the man who led them to Daybell's backyard, Alex Cox, Lori's brother? Incredibly, he too had died. 
He dropped dead six months before JJ and Tylee were found. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Dropped dead, you so, say? So we got a dead ex-husband, a dead wife, a dead brother, two children that were found buried in this guy's pet cemetery. And one happy couple. And one happy couple. And there's speculation that they're going to be able to say that Alex did all of this and they're going to walk free. Alex was the trigger man and Alex is already dead. So how are they going to prosecute Chad and Lori? I am horrified that law enforcement isn't going to be able to find anything to tie him to this. That terrifies me. All right, calm down. I'm terrified. <laughs> it's fine. They'll get they something. should be in big trouble. Yeah, they're now. <laughs> it's like, man, they'll get something. So You can't have buried children in your backyard and not get arrested for something. Does anybody think that they're going to actually get away with this? Well, it's interesting that you say that, Vinny, because this is still an ongoing investigation. Yeah. And because they've just discovered where these children are and what happened to them, now they're starting to look suspiciously at some of these other things that happened. The body of Chad's wife, Tammy Daybell, has been exhumed. Uh-oh. And investigators are now calling her death suspicious. Yeah. Authorities in Arizona are also yeah. investigating the shooting death of Lori's former husband, Charles Vallow. It appears that Chandler police believe Lori had something to do with Charles's death. Yeah, it does. It does appear that way. Hmm. So they've exhumed the body of Tammy, the wife of Chad, and they're investigating Charles being shot by Alex. They probably just left JJ there because nobody wants to deal with the duct tape. Like, getting that stuff unstuck now that it's been in the ground for so long, I mean, you're just going to be pulling out parts of the kid when you start to take it. That's a mess. Leave him down there. Is there even a guy that does that? Like, usually, oh, I, I know a guy... Don't worry about it. We'll get this figured out. I don't think there's a guy for that. There's a guy who does everything when it comes to dead bodies, Colonel. I don't know about that one. I don't know how you specialize in something like that. So anyway, Lori Vallow and her hubby, Chad Daybell, that would be my creep this week on the Creep Out. I have a question. Carl, where did, you, uh, where did this story come from in your mind? Was it because you were listening to Drew and Mike? Uh, they, Drew and Mike was talking about it a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People are calling you out on the on the YouTube. Just want you to know. Oh, no shit. You know where I actually got the idea, though? I, I have heard about this on Drew and Mike, but I asked my wife, who is a fan of true crime, if there's been any crazy Does stories. Does she want to do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, she would actually know this shit. So I asked her, and she brought this up. I said, oh, yeah, that's a great one. And I didn't even know all the details. So um, I watched an entire uh, 48 hours or whatever that show is called. Very well produced, that show. It is a very well produced show, and you chopped it up nicely Thanks, to get all buddy. your clips. So I chopped it up better than they chopped up the daughter and before they buried her. But not quite as well as my man Albert Fish did when he was cooking and eating children. Fair in enough. fact, one kid, they said that he stabbed him in the stomach, then just drank the blood as it came out of the wound. Uh, I forgot to mention that earlier. I hate when you do this. I feel like you do this on purpose. You leave a detail out just so you can sandwich my story. You loved it. You love sandwiches. You love pizza. I'm, I'm surprised you're not pizza in my story. You do this every time, though. Seriously, I, I think it's cheating. I think you're a cheater, and I don't like it. He's a real jerk, Carl. He's <laughs> I, a real jerk. I get it. All right. Are we getting so, any voicemails or anything coming through? Yeah, we did. This one came in from uh, a lady. Holy shit. This week is brutal. I wish there was a way to vote for both, but Vinny definitely got the win this week. Yeah, I just thought you'd like to know. Okay, I want to make a comment about that. I think this is important to point out. 
So apparently I played audio of someone getting raped on the show last week. Yeah. I was just going to gloss over it I because I never want to think about it again. I didn't say it at the time, but I want you to know that police investigated that and no charges. Uh, they didn't press any charges. And there's it doesn't seem like that any of that was real. Oh, so I deserved to win. You deserved to win. I didn't want to say it at the time because I wanted people to vote for me. <laughs> just so you guys know, I didn't actually you bring... bastard. I didn't actually bring audio of a woman getting raped because that would be very disturbing. All week I was horrified. I had conversations with people. I was like, I listen, should I play this? I did I'm too. just wondering, should we play this? Should I like try to get this cleared somewhere? Like, I was trying to figure out what the responsible thing to do is with your careless attitude. It appears, it appears that it was a prank. Uh, episode was even a day late and people made fun of me. Oh, is that why it was a day late? Not exactly, oh, but okay. a little bit of it. Okay. But uh, all right, so here's some more one, uh, more comments on last week's episode. All right, so all it takes is one drunken time where Vinny's got to call in and sit through the ring, and now no ring. Hey, how about that shit? Maybe now Vinny's got to listen to that last episode and realize how unfunny it was, and we'll get funny podcasts from here on out. Jesus yes. Christ, guys. Come well, this week didn't help your cause, but maybe <laughs> next week there'll be a funny episode. Yeah. This is just another uh, response to last week's episode. Fuck you, Carl and Vinny. Meet the parents. I had to take a shower after that episode. Fuck both of you. Now, even your creep parade was total shit. It was awful. It's called the scum parade, pal. Yeah. Scum parade. Get it right. Yeah, it was a, that was a rough one last week. We and, couldn't put enough trigger warnings or disclaimers on that one. Yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird episode. But I hope you enjoyed it. Hope hey, you enjoyed the rest of it. I got a. Uh, a now that you know it was all just a lark, yeah, bet you can go back and listen to it. And enjoy it. It's all just good fun, everybody. Uh, last voicemail of the week. You're gonna enjoy this one, Carl. Okay. It is for you. Uh, hey, Carl. This is Chad Zumach. This is how I talk. <laughs> um, you stopped returning my calls on the WATP line, but I just wanted to let you know that uh, Chrissy Mayer is a cunt, <laughs> and also that John Melendez was nice to me. Also, Burt Kreischer is terrible, but I do have his phone number. Give me a call back, buddy. I can't wait to host again. Bye. I don't understand what any of that is, but just thought you'd enjoy it. Uh, well, after you listen to WATP, you'll know. Are I you? do want to make an announcement. I'm, I'm going on the Chrissy Mayer podcast later today. Gross. What'd yeah. you do? Is that what your consequence on the wheel? That should be going on Chrissy Mayer's That's podcast? It. That's it. That sounds good. I got a voicemail here as well. Carl, this is for the creep off. I'm calling to let you know that. Vinny did not complete his punishment. See, on the wheel of consequences, he had to listen to Dead Town and all these other horrible podcasts right. for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to the show, or if you watch his live stream, his 12-hour live stream, did. he didn't really listen to any of these podcasts. He just kind of fucked around in chat yep. the whole time. Uh -huh. nope. So I no think he's got to restart. Nope. And uh, P.S., the only reason I call this voicemail is because it takes four years call the other one not anymore right. i fixed it you fixed it all right that's cool so uh people sir, are calling shenanigans on you Vinny. i did it i did it cheater. i did it and uh you're gonna do every fucking second of your consequence whatever it is pal just all a right. reminder all right all right so you ready for a scum parade yeah let's go to the scum parade well in the middle of the night and the early morning light you can see these are creeps from miles away they'll be
I love the Scum Brigade. Now, are you ready for your Scum Parade this week, folks? Here we go. We're going to start off in Salt Lake City, Utah, where a man was arrested Saturday after police say he refused to return a car he was test driving to the dealership and drove at dangerous speeds on the freeway. You ever thought about doing this, Carl? No, but now I do. Now I'm thinking about it a lot. Did you see the guy? Did you look yeah. at the picture of the man? How would you describe him? He looked like Jared Letter's Joker, but yeah. more methy. Disheveled. Disheveled. I would say. Yeah. According to court records, 43-year-old Caleb Gibson was conducting a test drive around the Salt Lake City when the sales associate in the vehicle told him to return to the dealership. The salesman told police Gibson refused, and while the employee was calling 911, he said Gibson sped up to 100 miles per hour, turned the music up, rolled the windows down, and ran away from the police. There was a, a police pursuit, and uh, he decided to try to evade the police. Gibson told police he was scared to stop the car because the sales associate was yelling at him and grabbing the steering wheel trying to make him pull over. Seems like a logical thing to reason not to pull over when someone's grabbing at the steering wheel. If Subaru doesn't take advantage of this and use this in their next commercial, I'll be very disappointed. Are you tired of the same old dealership with the same old salespeople selling the same old cars? Well, tell your wife and kids to hit the bricks and head over to your Subaru dealership. We're not offering any old test drive. Strap in next to Vin Diesel because there's a heist and you're in, motherfucker. 100 miles per hour? You know it. Heavy metal through 7.1 surround sound? Fuck yes! Police pursuit that ends in your arrest? Why not? You're driving the world's safest car. You're driving a Subaru, motherfucker! Dude, I'll buy two. I used to work for a Subaru dealership. Did I ever tell you that? No. Yeah, I used to work for one. And there was a big problem with people who looked like this guy coming in trying to drive, uh, what are they, WRXs? Okay. Like the really nice like Subaru stock cars. People wanted to drive them because they soup them up for racing, and they take them out for crazy test drives all the time. I'm guessing that's what happened here. But the fact that this dude decided to like, go on a car chase with the police chasing him, put him right in the scum parade, ladies and gentlemen. Well, if you're going to break the law, why put a witness into the passenger seat next to you? It just seems like a really bad idea. They weren't going to let this motherfucker take the car by himself. No, I, I, I understand. I'm just saying. it's not. I've a... gone in to, look, to shop for cars, and they're like, go ahead, sir. You doughy, <laughs> fat white guy, you don't look like you're going to be a problem. This fucking guy, I'm thinking he's taking it to the next chop shop. All right. What else we got, buddy? Uh, Rachel Hilliard, 38, was sentenced to life in prison uh, this past week in Cedric County uh, for first-degree murder. Of Mickey Davis, who was a 63 years old at the time of her death. Apparently on April 9th, 2017, Davis was killed after she went to Hilliard's home to pick up items that belonged to her son, Jacob Gillespie. Now, Hilliard and Gillespie were dating. They had a kid together, supposedly, and they were in the process of a, a messy breakup. So the mother went over there to pick up some of his things. During Hilliard's trial, uh, prosecutors argued that she was going to kill Davis all along and that this was just the opportunity uh, Hilliard claimed that Davis came over to the house. They were arguing over a painting, and Miss Davis fell down. Okay, yeah, that's what happens when you're arguing. People right, just fall down. Right. So uh, Rachel Hilliard <laughs> decided that after she fell down, she had no choice because she felt she said that she fell down and died. She had no choice but to cut Davis's head off by using two steak knives. Uh, Sounds like a real pain in the neck. Waka waka. Hilliard left her head in the sink. And her claim was that she said 
the things told me that I didn't have much time and I had to get her head away from her body so her soul could get free and go to heaven. God told her that. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Her and Albert Fish both. Isn't it funny who ta- God is talking to you? It's always like meth heads. Yeah, complete God's fucking never lunatics. To me. Also, it's really funny. She, she thought she had to decapitate the head in order for the soul to leave the body. Is that why we have so many ghosts? We're not decapitating enough heads of our dead bodies. We gotta be like, every time someone dies, we need a fucking Highlander at the morgue to right. just fucking chop a head off. Yes, that's, this is the problem that we have. Davis and her nine-year-old grandson both went to Hilliard's home that day, but he went to go get help after the attack started and did not witness his grandmother's beheading. Hilliard said that she went to speak to Davis's grandson who ran away and hid in the truck before she beheaded Davis. So she... Killed this woman. Yeah. And then it's like, come here, kid. Come here, kid. But she couldn't find him. The kid's hiding in the trunk. Then she goes and chops off to her former, I guess, closest to a thing to a mother-in-law you could have without being married. Chopped her fucking head off with steak knives and put it in the sink. Wow. And, and she even said, I thought I had to take her head off because I was pretty sure she was dead. Like, I, I reckon she's dead. I better take her head off. It's a 50-50 shot that she's already passed away anyway it all makes sense to me carl it all makes sense to me crystal meth is a hell of a drug yeah so they said she suffers from mental illness but she is going to prison for life yep her uh, competency was also questioned multiple times because some people think she is all there some people think that she isn't well either way going to jail i know she's crazy she's a woman you could send your letters to (laughs) the creepoffpod at gmail.com all right uh cheese louise Here's a fucked up story for you that I think is going to go down into urban legend. This okay. is why I like this one. A 12-year-old Georgia girl may have died as an indirect result of severe lice infestation. Why are you laughing so hard? That story is insane. It is insane. The, I mean, like, when you were a kid and someone got lice in your class. Ew, gross. Right. You never wanted to be around that person again. Right. This poor little fucking girl. Had lice for years, apparently, for yeah. three years. Okay. A Georgia Bureau and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation special agents testified in her death that young Caitlin died of a cardiac arrest with the secondary cause being severe anemia. They said that the anemia was caused by being bitten in the fucking scalp by lice. Right. Now, the she parents. Had so many bites over months and years of time. The new details uh, are, are really crazy. The parents, uh, Katie Horton and Joey Yozovic, they were charged with second-degree child cruelty. The mother, Katie Horton, told investigators Caitlin had not bathed within the last week and a half before she died. When agents got to the home in August, the inside was filthy, with vermin covering the mattresses, stuffed animals, and other furniture in Caitlin's room. I don't say this lightly, Vinny. I think this girl might have had a better shot of being raised by Stuttering John. Yeah. Two people. Yeah, she could play with the roaches. You know what they should have done? They're not going to bite her. You know what they should have done when the cops showed up? Is put up a green screen. <laughs> wow. What a nice living room you have. Can I play that piano? It's, it's our, just for show. It's Caitlin's. That was Caitlin's podcast studio. <laughs> that's, that's, wow. So they removed her two brothers from the home because it's obviously disgusting. I think they should remove the rodents, too. This isn't safe living conditions for anything. This is the technical explanation. Lice lowered her blood iron levels, which likely caused the anemia, which triggered the cardiac arrest. So this kid died from not having a fucking bath, from not having, like, the lice shampoo at school. Where was the school? How fucking dirty can this kid be? It's Georgia. Good point. Yeah. But now, you know, for the rest of eternity, kids would be like, with the kid who has lice, they could die from that. 
God, I'm pissing off everybody that listens to us today. What am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> I think you are, too. I don't think they liked you to begin with. Fair enough. Uh, Someone's got to be the heel on this show. You uh, had your fucking big, likable teddy bear uh, 12-hour stream. Yeah, it's me, baby. <laughs> everybody loves Vinny. And <laughs> <laughs> do my Chris Farley laugh. All right. <laughs> this story is also a lot of fun. We are going overseas for the scum parade. We are going to Hong Kong, Carl. A kindergarten teacher poisoned 25 children. Yeah. Only killing one of them, though. After an argument with <laughs> only a... Only killing one of them. Well, yeah. She's not breaking her job. Yeah, well, common core. After an <laughs> argument with a rival staff member, she has been sentenced to death by a court in central China. They have it right over there. They'll just fucking off you when you do shit like this. Well, keep reading. I don't it, know if they have it all that right. That's true. The Intermediate People's Court in Henan Province described killer Wayne Young's motives as despicable and vicious. Uh, the court said that leading up to the poisoning, Wang had quarreled with another teacher at Jiazu Kindergarten over how best to handle the students. Then on the morning of March 27, 2019, Wang added nitrate to porridge supplied by the school and intended for the other teacher's students. Yep. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie. I'll show you how bad of a teacher you are. Yeah. Poison she was all of your students. She was going to poison all of her students yeah. and be like, she can't even keep her kids alive on her watch. I obviously am the better teacher. That's what was happening here. Sabotaging co-workers. It goes out at every workplace. Oh, my God. Exactly right. Absolutely tried to sabotage the other teacher. And according to U.S. Centers for Disease Control Prevention, nitrate is a toxin and likely a carcinogen used in fertilizers, food preservation, and even uh, munitions and explosions. At high levels, it could stop the human body from absorbing oxygen. It's even worse than MSG, if you can believe it. Now... Here's the thing about Wang. <laughs> Someone isolate that. <laughs> Here's the thing about Wang. Let me see that dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, Yun Wang had previously been caught trying to poison her husband. Yes. So this is where teachers unions are a little bit out of control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a little bit controversial, but I don't want people who tried to murder their husband raising our children or teaching our kids at school. Yeah. Doesn't that see that was just in 2017 that she was caught trying to poison her husband and, and she, she's teaching a kindergarten class and she used nitrate then too. Yep. And he survived. I know she's so, not good at it. Yeah. I mean like why go back to the nitrate? You can't even fucking kill the guy at home. You, I mean, maybe she thought, you know, they're kindergartners a little dabble. Do you? They don't have Amazon over there. It's not as easy to buy poison as it is here. in the That States. is true. Uh, so basically uh, the kids were all vomiting. It's a terrible situation. And uh, she is uh, sentenced to death. So the children were vomiting and passed out. One of them died. There were needle marks in their heads where they were torturing them with, with needles and poking them in the heads. And the school's official response is it had not yet found any evidence to substantiate the claims. Yeah. There, there's, no, there's no evidence that any of this took But yet place. we're still going to kill the teacher. There's no, now, there's no here's evidence. Here's what you just did. You, there's actually two stories there. They're two separate stories. One's from a separate kindergarten, and that's where the teacher was supposedly poking the kids with the needles. Oh, I thought this was the same No, the same different woman. person. So here's what I thought, because Chinese children are very well behaved. Absolutely, because you poke them with needles when they misbehave. Right. I'm thinking, we need these teachers. Don't send them to death. 
Sentence them to the Rochester District School, the Rochester School District. You would think that if needles could keep people in line, Albert Fish would have behaved a lot better, Carl. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm just saying, we need a little bit more discipline. In the Rochester City Schools. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Thank well, you. No problem. Thanks for spitting that out. That is uh, this week's Scum Parade, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Hope fun. you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate you. All right. Uh, make sure that you uh, call us and leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you thought of this episode. 585-371-8108. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CreepOffPod. I should let you guys know with Instagram what I'm doing is whenever you guys make those fun photoshops, I'm going to start throwing them all up on the Instagram so folks can see all the uh, fun fan art you guys have made. So if you want to send any of that, if you have anything you want to put us to put on the Instagram, you can send it to thecreepoffpod at gmail.com. I want to remind everyone that Who Are These Podcasts does not have an Instagram account. Stop, that is true. Stop liking those images. Stop commenting on them. I should probably say this on WATP. Yeah, good point. And uh, listen and subscribe. Tell your friends. Leave a review. Uh, it's nice to be important. It's more important. Wait, we got to spin the wheel. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you're trying to end the show. we got to spin no, the wheel. No, you're spinning the fucking wheel. <laughs> I can't believe you forgot. You were so giddy about it. You were a giddy giddy. And then you totally forgot what Is we were even. <laughs> yes. And then you totally forgot what we're doing. Okay. There's the wheel. There's bitch. the wheel. Everyone can see it on Hold screen. On. Let's it. No shenanigans going on. <laughs> I can't believe oh, I can't it. believe I did. I know either. we're running late today. I know we're running long, but Jesus Christ. I got shit to do. Uh, okay. So let's talk about what's on the wheel before you spin it, Carl. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to go through it? Yeah, please. All right. There's Drive to Gary, Indiana, still on here? Yep. Fuck that. Tom Myers Restaurant. The seven-second porn challenge, where if I roll that, I have to stand somewhere in a crowded public area. I'm thinking line at Wegmans. S- something like that. Can it be tops? Because I don't know what nope. there. <laughs> I just stand in line and watch Pittsburgh porn. Pittsburgh Wegmans. Pittsburgh Wegmans. No, that's not the deal. I watch porn loudly on my phone for seven seconds. Uh, Stuttering John book report. We have to buy Stuttering John's book and then write a book report about it. And, and have then it graded it, by a teacher. And then it'll be graded by an actual teacher. Uh, wear Crocs in public. For a day, there's... It's um, actually for a month. No, it's not. It's yep. for a day. There's semenology. Yeah, that's not a good one. Semenology, you have to buy the, the autograph copy, copy of the Semen Lovers Mixed Cocktail Guide, and uh, you have to be seen reading it in public. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun you one. You have to go to a Starbucks and just sit there <laughs> with your fucking semenology book. That's a fun one. All right, we got the Nick Bate cover song. We got to cover one of Nick Bate's awesome songs. No, you have to like, do an album. You have to do a whole album of Nick Bates songs. Something like that. All right. Um, Oh, we still have this one. The mayonnaise uh, bobbing for apples. Bobbing for apples in a thing of mayonnaise. Correct. I don't even know. Brought in by a listener. I don't know that's going to work. I don't know why that's so You're going to stick your face in mayonnaise and it's going to be gross. It's going to be awesome. Cuties movie-a-thon. Yep. How many times do you think you should have to watch it if you land on it? Once. Wrong. We got Vic stand-up. I'm saying you have to watch it at least three times in a row. We got the Vic stand-up, which means I have to go to an open mic and do uh, Vic from WATP, the review girl. I got to do her stand-up Yeah, she's died, though. We got to do the – we got the Seamus stand-up where I have to go to a open mic and do Seamus' stand-up routine. Yep. Which I – that would be fun. Uh, Dinner with a listener – Ugh. <laughs> adult diaper. What's adult diaper? You got to piss in an adult diaper? You have to wear an adult diaper and use it. Oh, God. All right. What if I develop a fetish after that? And that's, that's like seems, turns into my thing. That's fine. It seems to be your problem. <laughs> You're not going to use my chair anymore. But uh, before you spin, 
Yeah. The rules are simple. Whatever you get, you have to do to the your utmost ability. And not only that, if you decide to pass on what you land on, I get to decide what you're doing. Let's do it. All right. Around and around and around it goes. And around it goes, everybody. What it lands on, I'll be pissed. It is Nick Bait Cover! The Nick Bait Cover album. Well, you look like you're skeptical. You want to come over here and look at it? I could see it. It's the Nick Bait Cover. All right. So you're I'm excited do, about this You're going to do all of Nick Bait's songs, a cover. Like, I think you should put some effort into it. Oh, yeah. No, we'll get the jingles department involved. Maybe PJ could help me out. We'll, we'll do this up right. Yeah, and, it'll, and you're going to have to... Do Doug White. S- there's a way we're gonna have to make this better. You're gonna have to like put it on Instagram or on uh, Apple Music under <laughs> your real name. Too. Under your real name. <laughs> <laughs> the music of Nick Bates by Carl, <laughs> and I think it has to go out there so people could download and listen. I to think it. it has to be the first seven tracks of the next Isotopes album that we put out. Fine with me, Unex- but unexplained. But this album. Here's the thing about this album. <laughs> it has to be available for listeners. They have to be yeah. able to get it and listen to it. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll put All it right. up on YouTube or something. We'll figure it out. All right. I mean, I'm not going to fucking buy publishing rights. I'm not going to give Nick Bate money. <laughs> Please, isn't he dead? I don't think so. I think he's in jail. I thought he died in jail. Oh, maybe. Yeah, who cares? Uh, he's a little he's a little shit eater, that one. Carl Hamburger Sings the Bates. That's what's <laughs> on. Ah, <yeah>. <laughs> Leo uh, on the YouTube. All right, all right so let's, let's try this again. Stop doxing people, everybody. Here we go. You ready? It's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia. See you next week. Got to hit the music now. How do we find new ways to fuck this show up every week? You'd think we'd be out of ways to fuck this show up. I'm getting better. Oh yeah? You had your clip on a different computer? <laughs> it's the creep off. His little monkey was sweet as a nut, but his peewee, I could not chew. I threw them in the toilet. I mean, this guy was a real jerk. <laughs>